This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Funny or Die has a video called The Full List of Rules of Taking Care of Gizmo. No, it says, don't feed him after midnight, don't get him wet, don't expose him to sunlight, don't bring up Reaganomics if you know it's good for you, don't overtip him, don't overtip while he's watching, don't sing riding dirty around him. Uh, if he asks, the Oklahoma Thunder are still the Seattle Superhawks. Don't correct him when he calls a computer a type screen. Uh, don't make fun of his tiny friend. I can't say that in front of my daughter. <laughs> if he asks, if he asks you to describe a recent sexual encounter, don't use the word "poon daddy." Don't don't poke his butt. The hell. <laughs> You missed a lot. I always pick the best time to come into conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the Funny or Die has a list of rules that you're supposed uh, for taking care of a mogwai. <laughs> oh God! It says always let him win if you're playing chess. Uh, if he's humping a teddy bear, <laughs> let him finish. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Don't make fun of him when he calls pandas zebra bears. Uh, if he wants to, if he wants to kiss you with tongue, you got to do it. If any, <laughs> if anyone asks, supposed to get them wet. if anyone asks if his present, if anyone asks in his presence, the two of you are best friends. If it's not midnight, never feed him anything that's not kosher. Never lend him a hundred dollars if you <laughs> if you're near a strip club or a casino. Uh, don't call him a piece of garbage and don't and throw him in the trash. That's just mean. If he tells you that his tummy hurts, uh, don't ask him if he's acting like a wimp. Uh, don't shake his hand if you're all clammy. Don't tell him Cindy Crawford's not the top supermodel anymore. Man, there's a lot of these. Uh, if you have weed on your person, he will call the police. Uh, don't let him suck helium from from a balloon and do his mouse character. Uh, don't don't try to convince him that a trip to a neighboring state counts as a vacation. Don't uh, don't say anything bad about George Bush while he's listening. <laughs> Uh, don't ask him to ride a dog like a horse. <laughs> don't forget that if you own a Furby, he will kill it and wear its synthetic skin as a prize. <laughs> Most importantly, have fun. <laughs> we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I am your resident Adam Sandler apologist. 
<laughs> I am so, so out of here. Done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. I'm out. Okay. And sitting across the virtual table from me is a guy that has to apologize to no one, Mr. John Irons. Say hi, John. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and joining us to sit in chair number three is our good friend from the Simply Syndicated Network, Rick. How are you, sir? I probably owe a million apologies at some point or another, but uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, tonight we have a topic that we've actually been wanting to do for a few weeks, but it's uh, it, it's not one that I can really explain easily in one sentence. So uh, if you if you think about some of your favorite movies, especially movies that have been around for a while, uh, sometimes the motivations of the bad guys were not as evil as we were led to believe. Uh, based on the plot of the movie. Sometimes what the bad guy was doing was only considered bad because it went against what the hero was doing. So uh, we've put together a list of movies that we want to kind of turn upside down and look at the plot from a different angle and see if the story's villain really was as bad as they tried to make us think they were. So I think the easiest way to explain it is to just do it. So, uh, so let's get started. I have a list of movies and I just thought that uh, we would go through each one, and then when we get through that list, I'm sure you guys might have a couple you want to add in. Uh, these are the ones that just kind of kept coming up whenever uh, John and I would talk about it. So um, so the first one is one that we've already kind of talked about a little bit on the show, but it's Ghostbusters. And um, basically, the Ghostbusters were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, 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 I mean, they get, weren't wrong, but... Like, they were right, but the other guy was right, too. Like, the, the EPA guy was also right in that they posed a, an, an atomic-level threat to the city that, <laughs> that they were just storing in, was like storing a nuclear bomb downtown. It wasn't even that the Ghostbusters were wrong. Peter Venkman was wrong. If he yeah. hadn't been such a douche to Walter Peck, probably none of the, none of the third act, fourth act would have happened. Right. <laughs> so uh, so Walter Peck, just to explain what we're talking about to the audience, Walt, Walter Peck is introduced in a scene that's made to play up Bill Murray's charm and his comedic uh, problem with authority. <laughs> and, uh, and so Peck works for the EPA, and he wants to see their containment facility. And Venkman tells him that he didn't say please. And, you know, the scene, the scene ends with them kind of screaming back and forth about court orders and all that kind of stuff. But for the record, he did say please. Yeah, hey Dave, may I please see you? <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, he was just doing his job, and he was absolutely right to be suspicious because we had already seen through the entire movie up to that point that the Ghostbusters were more interested in science than they were safety <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> because you know, Egon uh, he switches on Ray's proton pack. And then he tries to get as far away from it as he can in that elevator. So they know that they've got an unstable energy source on their back. And they're okay with just walking around New York with pedestrians walking everywhere uh, with that right next to them. But, and, they, and then they blast the entire hotel to pieces just to catch one little slime ball. <laughs> but, uh, Including very, very nearly evaporating a, a little old cleaning lady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> have you all caught? I, I mean, you know, I think all of us have watched the movie probably at least a hundred times each over the years. But it was fairly recently, like within the last five or six years, that I caught in, at that scene. I think it was since Blu-rays came out. And you could actually watch it in widescreen. 
after they were walking away, that you see her putting out a, a flaming roll of toilet paper with her Windex bottle. Yes. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> I haven't noticed that. <laughs> Just watch her. Next time you watch it, watch her in the background. <laughs> um, you know what's always bugged me about the Ghostbusters is that you know they're essentially incarcerating intelligent beings. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Well, I, yeah. I never thought about that. I never thought about in, that. In that they, movie. They, now, they, 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 they did kind of they, they kind of went one step further in the cartoon. Um, well, yeah. That they, they showed, okay. because they actually go into the containment unit a few times. And it's almost like another dimension. It's like there's like a whole world in there. And mm-hmm. But obviously, they didn't do that in the movie. So, yeah, you're right. They're just kind of put putting them in storage. <laughs> you know, it never even occurred to me. Like, your standard, like, haunting type movie or show like the goal is to like give the spirit peace and let it move on they never even they never even tried to give them peace they just <laughs> they never yeah. tried to let them move on they just they just put them in jail put them in ghost jail which yeah, really daughter, sucks yeah my, my daughter was on a ghostbusters kick last year and watched the real ghostbusters over and over and over and over my God, that show was so badly made. It really was. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, really was. It, it was not great. <laughs> you know, it was great I at loved the time. It. I, I loved, loved it at the man. time. I loved it yeah. at the time. If you were to cut out all of the pauses between lines, you would probably have 10 minutes of actual show. I couldn't yeah. believe how slow the pacing was on that thing. Yeah, a lot of those of cartoons. Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> a lot of those cartoons back then were like that because they they recorded all the lines separately. They weren't like sitting around the table recording together. And yeah. I guess the editing was just really bad of splicing all that together. And it made uh, filmation look like good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, now one thing about Peck, okay. Peck was a jerk. The The thing is that that movie was not really designed to have a villain the, because the villain of the film, we don't even see until the third act, you know? So, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we see something. We see the the ghost dog or whatever, but we don't see an actual villain. So they ha- had to kind of create an antagonist for the Ghostbusters, and they and they created Peck. And it, he didn't handle his job very well at the end because I don't think anybody from the EPA can order a police officer to shoot someone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and uh, if he moves again, you can shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you do and he, your job pencil neck i'll do mine right and and he shouldn't have shut down the containment grid at all without no. having a team of scientists study it first to find out what would happen or any inkling of understanding of what they were doing yeah yeah and that's another thing about the about the containment unit itself is that it is technology and eventually technology breaks down ghosts go forever you know so eventually that thing was gonna break down you know and so the ghosts were going to come out one day, <laughs> and they had not and planned poor, for that. <laughs> poor William Atherton, the the guy that played Peck. He, I think he's, I think things have, he's okay now. But I've seen interviews with him, and he was like, for years, he would just, you know, he'd walked be walking down the street, and people would be calling him names from cab windows and stuff. He just right. This this role almost ruined his life. Did he live in New York? Probably yeah. New York or L.A. I would imagine if he because he was getting a lot of work back then. Yeah. yeah, and you know you hear a lot of uh, especially guys that played like bad guys and stuff that they run into 
people in the public and they and the people treat them like they're really the bad guy or something. It's like this is a character that I played in a movie. Yeah. You know, I'm not evil. <laughs> um, the next one that I have on the list is Karate Kid. Because and there's actually a YouTube video that you can watch that tells the entire story of the Karate Kid from the point of view of uh, Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> it's really good. It's really yeah, good. yeah. And I tried to break that down a little bit and add you know my my own my own ideas and stuff. But uh, this is a little more in depth than the Ghostbuster thing. But Daniel Russo was kind of a bully. You know, he. I know that that the movie was set up to look like he was coming to. Uh, uh, where where did it take place? Was it Los Angeles that it takes that it takes place? Uh, I don't think it was LA, but it was definitely California. Yeah, San Francisco maybe. Yeah, so he comes to this new town and he's trying to get away from things that had happened back home. You assume that he had been bullied and things like that. So let me unpack it a little. In the in the scene at the beach where Daniel first meets uh, Allie, and she basically tells him to get lost. And then a little bit later, Johnny and Allie get into an argument because they broke up and he wants her back. Now, Johnny's being a jerk to her, but he hasn't actually put his hands on her. And she's not in any danger. And Daniel comes up and gets in his face and tries to take the the, the, the boombox from him. And uh, Johnny, I mean, Johnny does push him down. But at that point, Daniel tries to attack him. And Johnny puts him on his back to kind of defuse the situation or whatever. But... It, after that point in the film, every time Johnny turns around, there's this kid that's getting in his face and trying to start a fight with him. And, you know, he has to, he has to drop him a couple of times. And then, you know, Daniel shows up at his karate class. And uh, and so now, if you think about it, Johnny's like, this kid that's been trying to start a fight with me is trying to learn karate now. You know, <laughs> he's going to be a little bit a little bit more of a of a of a foe. And so he decides to teach him a lesson. And, you know, that's not the best decision to make, but he's a stupid teenager. And then so him and his friends jump Daniel. And then, of course, Mr. Miyagi shows up and beats all these kids up. (laughs) No, they only jumped him. They only jumped him. Everybody is chilling. It's like the the spring dance or whatever. Everybody's fine. Like, like, uh, Cobra Kai hasn't done anything to anybody. And uh, Danny, you know... Dude, dude is like in the toilet rolling a rolling a joint. Yeah, that's and right. And Danny, Danny, Danny puts the hose in there. He 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 has not messed with Danny for like months. Yeah. He hasn't done anything to anybody. He put the hose in in the urine in the in the in the stall and and turned it on him just because. And that's when the that's when his team chased him down and, and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. So basically, everything that happened between Johnny and 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 uh, Daniel. Um, he started it, and and he won the big fight at the end with an illegal move. You can't kick somebody in the face; that's not allowed. <laughs> I really haven't got much to say about the movie because I only saw it the one once when it came out, and have had no desire to revisit it. <laughs> but when I I did I did see you know someone mentioned on Facebook not too long ago it was like the face shot was illegal he shouldn't have won and I was like oh that's absolutely right. <laughs> I think it was what was it, like eighty three, eighty four, something like that. Uh, it was eighty four. Okay. And and you were right, Sean. It was it was L A. It was Reseda. Okay. Yeah. Which I guess is part of L A. I don't know California. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you think if you look at it from that side, 
Daniel kind of caused everything that everything that happened to him. And they, of course, the movie is made to look like well, Daniel's the one being bullied, and he rises to the occasion and 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 wins the the tournament and all that kind of stuff. But when Daniel showed up to, to the tournament, he didn't even know the rule. He's like, "What? What are the rules?" <laughs> they're they're walking towards the ring, and Daniel's looking at Mr. Miyagi and saying, "What are the rules?" <laughs> It's like you should have read the little booklet before you <laughs> before you signed up. And and even at the very very end after this illegal move, this illegal win kicked in the face, uh he still was like congratulations, good fight. Yeah. He's like you earned it, man. Yeah. I'm like, what a sport. Now his sensei, now his sensei was a bad guy. He was bad. Yeah. And, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> and if you like the subsequent movies, it becomes more and more apparent. Like Karate Kid two and three, although actually I, I like Karate Kid two. It was I liked it. Karate Kid three, he was he was he was an idiot. Yeah. He like I'm like, you're learning all the same lessons you were supposed to have learned in the first. Yeah. Movie. That how is this? Why have this is like ten years later? Why haven't you grown up? Karate Kid three was a classic. We're just making this to make a little cash. Because the plot wasn't good, it it it, it didn't hold. They, they were trying to rehash some things that had already happened, and uh, and the next Karate Kid was even worse. <laughs> Remember the one with I don't think the one with Hillary Swank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't think I saw it. I saw it once, not in theaters, thank God. But <laughs> uh. I only saw the original one time and didn't see. Well, it. see, the original came out. What we say, eighty four. So, um, yeah, when I was in the third grade, that was that was the movie that. <laughs> Shut up, you kids! <laughs> they they get off my lawn. They put that on. If it was raining outside or whatever, you know, they would put that movie on, and uh, and so we. I probably just my third grade year. I probably saw it five times. And uh, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times mm-hmm. since then. Karate Kid one and two are kind of a they kind of go hand to hand because the second one t- uh, starts in the parking lot after the tournament from the end of the first one, and then it's yeah the second one the second one was good yeah, and I'm not gonna lie I was I was largely lured into see it from the um, Peter Zatera video. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that looks good, and it was. Yeah, and then it's the whole classic uh, trope of uh, whatever whatever happens in the first one, the second one. If you have a character in the first one that's from another country, in the second one, you have to go to that country, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because they did the same thing in, uh, what's the Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker? Uh, Rush Hour. Yeah, Rush Hour. They did the same thing, you know. So. Well, the Ninja Turtles did that. Too, yeah, right? yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, third one on my list is the matrix. Now this, I, I, we're going to have a debate here. Okay. And <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, if you just watch the matrix, I, uh, you might understand this a little bit, but if you've seen all three movies, which unfortunately we probably all have, uh, the, were fine. the second one was fine. The third one was so confusing that, that I, I don't even think I made yeah. it all the way. I think I fell asleep before it was over, but, uh, and then the Animatrix, which was that direct-to-DVD released uh, thing that came out between the second and the third one that was like nine or ten short animated films that take place in the yeah. Matrix universe, but they're canon if you watch them. They're, they're canon to the story. 
and they they were actually better than the two uh, yeah than the two live yeah and i think you can see all the i think all the shorts are on youtube now but uh they add some backstory so i think it's a it might be on matrix i mean on matrix on, on matrix. netflix <laughs> it might be I'm sure well it's playing on the matrix all i think all three uh matrix films just went to netflix in the last uh, month or so so it may be on there too yeah. So uh, the, the Matrix took place in a world where machines had taken over, and they were keeping humanity in a virtual world where, and they didn't know any difference. So evil machines, you know. But if you look at it from another angle, we built the machines, we used the machines as slaves. They finally rose up, and we went to war with them, and they won the war. But instead of just wiping us all out, they put us into a virtual world where we didn't know that we had lost. So they accomplished two things. They kept themselves safe from us and they didn't kill us. And, you know, they were able to use us as energy (laughs) and uh, we we go on with our lives and we don't know any different, you know, because we don't know that what's around us is not real. So they're kind of using us for batteries. But as I said, they had been our slaves for a long time before that. Well, Beyond the s- slavery thing, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know if you consider them slaves before they were sentient. Uh, they were just, you know, they were just tools or computers. Yeah, but I, th- I think that the, you know, you, know you, you made the point that basically, you know, um, Morpheus like we know that it was us who burned the sky or whatever. So basically, in an attempt to kill the machines, humans have basically wiped themselves out, or they would have. They, they blocked out the sun which means you know end of the food chain you know second ice age whatever if not for the machines the humans would have eradicated themselves right and yeah they they put us in pods and use us for juice but it's it's kind of a symbiotic relationship and they, and it and they do at least give us the you know they they tried to give us a perfect world we just didn't want it you know so they gave us a quote unquote real world yeah so yeah i just don't buy the whole machines or slaves bit it's the i i i dig the the machines are just doing what they need to do to survive and and this is why this movie should never have been more than just the first one because the first one just cuts it off right at the perfect spot where you can just let your imagination go wild afterwards um because once you start, it's like the Borg or the Weeping Angels. If you look too closely at it, it falls apart. Yeah. Because machines are, you know, it's like, have you ever thought about your car's feelings? <laughs> right. Or have Maybe. you ever asked your toaster if it wants, if it's cool with making your breakfast? You know, the, movies do that. And I, and I, you know, I know this is, you know, dramatic. You know, it's for dramatic purposes and stuff, but machines are machines. Right, yeah. And machines are built to do stuff. They're not built to go lounge on the beach and sip oil mimosas or whatever. So this whole idea of the of the, the machines being used as slaves, I mean, what? how is humanity abusing machines? I think the issue... You should see my car, is, me with my car when it's not working right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think... Yeah, obviously your toaster is not sentient. I think I think at the point that a thing becomes self-aware, um, you know, whether it's made out of 
you know, protein or or uh, silicon, it's alive. If it if it understands the nature of its own existence, it's alive, and you can't tell it what to do anymore. I mean, you know, unless it's your kid. Yeah, when we say when we say the <laughs> yeah. machines, I mean, I I, I know. In these movies, it's not like your toaster is not going to start shooting uh, lasers at you or something like that, you know. But when you've got, it's kind of like in Terminator, you know, when you've got a computer that you've created that you're making smarter and smarter and smarter. Well, how smart can it get before it realizes that it's a computer? And when that when that point comes and it becomes sentient, you know, that's that's where the they try to bring in the fear in these movies is like, well, what could happen then? And, you know, the machines decide to fight back. And when we say machines, it's just anything that that computer would be able to control, which could be weapon, yeah, weapon mean, systems and things like that. Yeah, we're, we're using the term machines, you know, very generally, but I, I just presume it's, an, you know, it is an artificial intelligence network. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, and I, you know, I, 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 when I was in high school, I wrote, you know, I, I took a science fiction class, a literature class in science fiction, and I wrote... A, a machine uprising story. I mean, it's a it's a classic yeah. sci-fi trope, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, at the time the Matrix came out, I was blown away. I was like, "This is the most original thing I've ever seen." And then some of my friends that were older than me went, "No, they did it on the Twilight Zone fifty years ago." <laughs> 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 um, but it's it's a great story. But and, and, and you know, look at the term. Ter- the same thing happened with the Terminator. With each iteration, the story falls apart more and more. Um, so I just, I mean, I was looking at uh, at uh, uh, some clips from the Animatrix, and I had forgotten that there was this, one of them was showing the abuse to the machines, and there's a, 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 a clip, just a, a still from it, and it's a, an anim, you know, it's a picture of, of a cartoon of a, a human in battle gear, and a, what looks almost like a Terminator on its knees with the guy with his gun up to its head. Yeah. And that just is like, it wouldn't be like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. <laughs> that particular image uh, doesn't so hold up. I agree. I, I, I will, I will, okay, I will, I will, so that we can move on, because <laughs> I know I'm belaboring. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. I will, I will give you that in the context of the world that was created for the movies, you're right. The machines were just defending themselves. Uh, however, I don't. <laughs> I also like just complete side note. I also like that in the uh, you know there there is a standard trope in sci-fi movies where machines go bad that the uh, the machines end up making robots that look like people, which is dumb. People are poorly designed in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it in the Matrix that they didn't look like humans because they, they why would you if you could make yeah humans are inefficiently built two arms two legs that's that's dumb I mean it made sense in the Terminator because they're trying to blend in with humans right yeah but um, yeah all the different the hunter killers were a lot better yeah the hunter killers <laughs> little squiddies like all that made sense I liked it not for nothing well actually just for nothing. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next one is a little different. This is uh, Indiana Jones. Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, and before they changed it to, in, yeah, and you got you got to explain Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, uh, Rick, I don't know if you Talk watch. Uh, I don't know if you watch uh, Big Bang Theory. 
Uh, I haven't for a few years, but I, I watched the first uh, seven seasons. The um, so I'm, there I'm was an, there was an episode a couple seasons back where Amy Farrah Fowler was uh, she was over at the apartment, and they all watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then at the end of that it, blew yeah, my mind. she said that Indiana Jones was in was ineffective to the plot. That everything that happened in the movie would have happened even if he were not there. But one, one thing that I have determined, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or not, but he may have been ineffective to most of the plot, but if Indiana Jones had not been there, then the Ark might have been taken back to Germany and Hitler's face would have been melted. <laughs> so in a way, you can say that Indiana Jones actually prolonged the war. <laughs> Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't, as, as much as, as uh, no, because Belloc wanted to open the, the, Belloc's plan all along was to take the Ark to that island and to open it with the quote-unquote proper ceremony, um, because he had no intention of turning it over to Hitler. Okay, yeah. He had no intention of, what he was planning, now, and, and I will, you know, this is just speculation on my part, um, but... It's an educated guess because I've done a lot. I, I've, you know, I've been studying this movie since I was four, eight. What was I? Seventeen when it came out? Eighteen? What was it? Eighty-two? Yeah, I think so. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Or 82, yeah. I think. Eighty-one. Yeah. So I was I was seventeen. Yeah. Um, Belloc had intended that he was going to be the only living person to leave that island. Yeah, but but you're right. When that, and and I guess I guess the theory had been floating around facebook for a while but i hadn't seen it and when when uh, amy fowler goes yeah he he didn't do anything that affected the main line i mean you know he affected a lot of stuff he killed yeah. a lot of people <laughs> but and he, he saved he saved what's her name you can kind of credit him with actually getting the ball rolling on some of the stuff because didn't they follow him to the uh to the bar where they found the yeah. the, the the medallion that they needed I, I think they followed him there. So yeah. if he hadn't been there, they might not have ever found it in the first place. So, <laughs> well, I think it just would have slowed things down because, you know, they were in the right place. They just weren't digging in the right section of the right place. So, well, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, well, he's, he, you know, he was there to save Marianne, but actually, Marianne wouldn't have been involved at all because they, she only came along with him because they blew up the bar because. They followed him to the bar. If he had just stayed home, he yeah. made things worse. She would have been fine. <laughs> she would have been fine. Right. Yeah, so actually he made things worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Well, they might have found her. They were looking for her. They were looking for Abner. Yeah, so if anything, he accelerated things, but... Uh... Ultimately, they would have found the Ark. They would have taken it to the island. Everybody would have died, and it would just be still sitting on that island. So did they ever explain like the only reason they didn't die because they had their eyes closed? <laughs> is, that, is that Are we supposed to buy that? Or, or they, were just, they, were, they were pure of heart, and so they weren't destroyed? I think there was a, there was a deleted scene, and I can't, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched the, the, the extras. It was either a deleted scene or it was a, a something that was written but was never filmed, where they talk about you know I think it was in the in the uh, when they were discussing with the the 
the FBI agents at the beginning of the movie and they're talking about what the art can do. I think that there was something in that bit of scripture about not looking at it and you'll, you know, don't let it into your eyes or some, some crap like that. So, cause you see right before it, you see Indy, he's like thinking and he's running through stuff in his head and he's, you know, he's like, he's like reciting verses and then he gets to, and he goes, that's it, Marion, shut yeah. your eyes. Well, technically, I mean, if you want to follow, if you want to follow scripture, it also says that you're not supposed to touch it because in the Bible, someone touched it and they dropped dead, you know? Well, I, I well, just can't I, touch it. I, if I'm a, if I'm on that island, and you know, I might look like when I first see the pretty spirits come out, but when it all turns to shit, I'm probably going to close my eyes. <laughs> yeah, or just, or just the reaction. If there's a bright light, you shut your eyes and you. Yeah, and then you've got the whole the whole idea that this this ark contains the power of God, right? So whoever has it, God has to be on their side. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Nazi the Nazi army has the ark and oh well God has yeah, to do what we nice. say now <laughs> like he's like he's a genie in the bottle or something like that. I was gonna say this this is this is like the Adam ruins everything episode. <laughs> However, before before we start getting angry emails, have we, do we ever get angry emails? Um, I don't think that this actually qualifies for what we're talking about. Because the Nazis weren't right. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you can't. You can't say. Yeah, that's. I had that in my notes. It's like you can't say that the Nazis were the good guys because they were the Nazis. <laughs> this is just. This is just pointing out that Indiana Jones, uh, uh, kind of screwed everything up and got everything, <laughs> got the ball rolling in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I should mention we're recording this on August. What is this, the fifteenth? Fifteenth. Yeah. So. Um, you know, if you want to go back through your news files <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, <laughs> relitigate whether or not the Nazis are the bad guys, just feel yeah. free. Just, we'll just keep it in historical context, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I, I think we can safely say Nazis suck. We can safely say that. Yes, we can. I wish our president would say that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to go there. Hey, we're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hai Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes, stay for the snark and puns. And the friendship that lasts forever. Hey everyone, I'm Christopher DeFilippis. My name is Skipper Martin. And you might know us as the hosts of 112263, an event podcast. But Skipper and I are here to announce our new podcast, which will be all about the new Hulu series, Castle Rock. Not only are we going to be covering the TV show, but we're going to be covering the Stephen King books and characters that seem to be somehow tied into the TV show. Not to mention TV movies and other theatrical movies, even the bad ones. Ugh. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it, right, Chris? Yep, we're going to do it all. So watch this space. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And we will be dropping our first episode in no time. It's about a certain murderous clown. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> 
Follow the Castle Rock TV podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CRTVPod. Visit our website at CRTVPodcast.com and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash CRTVPod. The Castle Rock TV podcast is a fractured entertainment to Flipside Media production. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life, a little bit more geek in your week, then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com where we talk about everything from movies and television, comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. So back to the future. Don't get this one either. How is how is Biff Tannen not the bad guy? No, well, no. Biff Tannen is still the bad guy, but Doc Brown is the villain. He's a maniac. <laughs> yeah, he was just a clueless villain. Because all right, so point number one, he was working with terrorists. He made a deal with terrorists to build them a bomb, but he used the plutonium to build his time machine instead and gave them a fake bomb made out of used pinball machine parts. And so if you think about it this way, if we heard a story in the news that some guy uh, made a deal with Al-Qaeda some crazy and then double-crossed him and, it, and, and, was, and ended uh, up getting killed, you know, we'd all say, well, that's what happens when you mess with terrorists, you know. Or if, say, someone then, was selling uh, weapons to, uh, to South American insurgents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically. And, and, then, and then that person ends up getting killed. You're like, well, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that he ultimately created was way worse than an atomic bomb. He built, you know, he built a machine that can, you know, rip through the space-time continuum, which is, would be easily weaponized if it weren't, you know, it fell into the wrong hands. But then you also think about the fact that this that this time machine uses plutonium, and when we see them at the mall, that's the first time he used it. He didn't know what that thing was going to do. He put his dog in it. In a, and in a mall parking lot. That's a good point. It could have got up to 88 miles per hour, and it could have set off a nuclear reaction and blew the entire city up. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so he was, uh, he was reckless in that. And then also, he needlessly puts a teenage boy in danger because he, he called Marty to come down there. He knew that he had double-crossed the Libyans. He he knew that they were going to be looking for him. And then he had Marty he had Marty come and, "Hey, meet me down here and videotape me uh doing this, you know." So he could have just set up a camera. Let's be honest. Yeah. What had happened what would have happened if he had gotten in the machine like he was planning and left and Marty standing there holding the bag and uh and then the Libyans show up, <laughs> you know, they would have shot and killed Marty. So uh and why were they hanging out together to begin with? This is an old man and a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> when I say old man, he's what? in his? He, he was probably in his... Five, 60s or so. Yeah, something like that. And uh, and then a 17-year-old boy, and they just hang out together all the time. So it's kind I, of weird. That, that actually, that never bothered me. He was, he was, he was a weirdo. He was a, he was a crazy scientist guy. I, if I was a teenager, I would have thought the crazy scientist guy was cool. 
because well, they built, were playing up built ten foot tall speakers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they right, they kind of played off of a trope. There was a trope in sci-fi that you have the crazy old uh, scientist, and then you have the young kid that's actually going to have the adventure. They did that a lot in sci-fi stories and in uh, pulp magazines and stuff like that. So they were kind of playing off of that, but. And I think Zemeckis actually tried to explain it later on that he like hired Marty to take care of his uh, plants and things when he was away <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, if if you just think about it, I mean, obviously Doc Brown is not an evil guy. He he was just he was reckless and he didn't really think about his actions before well, he did them. So. I think that's you could say that about most mad scientists. Like they're generally not trying to be bad. They're just yeah. pushing science as far as they can go, and it ends up doing something terrible, right? Because they because they just can't help themselves. They just got to know if they can do it. They got to know you know what they can do, and you know that's how you get Frankenstein's and nuclear weapons and you know holes in space time continuum and blah blah blah. Or you go back in time and make out with uh, Leah Thompson. <laughs> he yeah. he said that she's said that she's your mom. <laughs> any any other scenario that would be great. You know everything's got a downside. But, <laughs> but uh, also, so, so, you know, go ahead. Never mind, never mind. I was I was gonna <laughs> go a whole uh, uh, time space quantum loop flux uh, paradox deal. But I'm not. Well, I'm, uh, kind of a. A tangent in the third movie. Uh, Doc says that he want when he gets back to uh, 1985 that he's going to destroy the DeLorean and that he never should have built it in the first place and blah 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 blah. And then when Marty makes it back, of course it gets hit by the train and it's just destroyed. And then Doc shows up in a train that he turned into a uh, into a time machine. So <laughs> what made you change your mind? <laughs> <laughs> If I was happy with Mary Steenburgen, I would not be worried about leaving. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then you know the 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 nerd in me really starts thinking about it. And the DeLorean was powered by plutonium in the first movie, and in the second movie, it was powered by the, the Mr. Fusion that he had uh, attached to the hood there. How was he powering the flux capacitor on the train? Because I, steam power is not going to give you enough power to travel through time. It, it'll just give you enough power to to get it up to the speed that it needs to be. So, well, you know. uh, lightning did it for yeah. the for you know if if you can. I mean, one point twenty one gigawatts is not that much for a bolt of lightning. So, and I'm not going to pronounce that wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> yeah, who was on the set? Who was the linguist on the set that day? <laughs> <laughs> that they let uh, Christopher Lloyd mispronounce uh, gigawatt, but um, maybe it, maybe it was an actor choice, right? Yeah, I true. could I could see that. I could see that. That's just the quirky way Doc Brown says it. I have a couple more. Do you guys have any that you want to throw in before we move on? I have, I have two. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, the the main one, uh, Blade Runner. The replicants were not wrong. Now, granted, they were doing terrible things, but they came to Earth to try to defeat the fact that they were programmed to die. Right. Yeah. And it was Deckard's job. Now, 
do we do we spoil a forty year for for Blade for Blade Runner? Yeah, I think I think okay. it's okay to spoil because Stanley no not Kubrick who was uh, Ridley Scott yeah has even has admit has said in interviews yes Deckard was a replicant um, wow because that was always the you know is he or isn't he at the end um, so he's his job is to hunt down these robots basically whose only desire is to live but since they can't they they seek revenge so granted yes what they're doing is wrong but what was done to them now this is a situation where machines are being abused because these yeah. creature these these replicants are designed to be aware to be as close as, as human as any human right also with the knowledge that there's a tick there's a there's a clock in their brain that when it ticks over to that that last second they're gone i haven't seen blade runner in a long time but did uh, did really scott come out and say that how long ago was it that he said that did he have to uh did he feel like he had to say that because he can't make a sequel without answering that question or i think it was it- a matter of it was it brought up in just about every interview and finally it was like yes all right for christ's sake <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that's, that's I tried the, to censor myself there and didn't quite make it. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the downfall with a lot of these open ended type endings where it's uh, there's a question at the end because if the movie becomes really really popular, then yeah, people are going to ask you about it every time they see you. And John, you, you, did you have any you wanted to throw in there? No, I think I think I think I sent mine to you. Um, before, like, in the past couple of days. Oh, you know what I, I mentioned? Um, gremlins. Yeah, go those ahead rules, with that. The, yeah. Those rules were just confusing. Like, first of all, first of all, like, I'm sure, like, that creature did not pass customs. <laughs> you know, that, that was shady to begin with. Um, and so, so what was it? Uh, don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. And what was the third one? Uh, don't beginning. get them wet. Don't no, feed them after midnight. And uh, and uh, is it keep them out of the sun? Was that it? They don't. Oh, they don't like bright light. They don't like bright lights, right? Which yeah. is okay. That's that's a standard pet rule. Keep them away from this thing. Don't get them wet. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a pet, but yeah, you have to bathe them. <laughs> what are you going to bathe them with? At sand some point, it's going to get wet. And. Uh, don't feed it after midnight is crazy vague. Like, I remember as a kid, I'm like, okay, so when can I feed it again? Yeah. 6 a.m., I mean, like, 5 a.m., like, you have to wait for the sun yeah, to come out. Why? Does it sunrise? Is it noon? Like, I just... My mogwai would starve to death. Yeah. Because I, because I would feed it once at, like, 6 p.m., and then I'd be scared to feed it again. Yeah. Because at that point... And, and maybe it's just the way my mind works. Um, <laughs> at that point, it's after midnight. Plus, you should probably mention what happens if you do. But, right. You know what I'm like, he was just like, I'm like, I would think, oh, I guess I would make it sick. No, it turns into a bloodthirsty killer monster. <laughs> and and, well, and was, reproduces. Like That was the whole point of the, the, the old guy, in, in my opinion, was, and I don't know if there's a... a was he Chinese or Japanese? He was Chinese, right? I think it was Chinese. Yeah. I don't know if there's a... I mean, I sh- I'm sure that there is a Chinese version of Loki 
some Chinese god of chaos. And, you know, I am absolutely positive that this old man's <laughs> sole purpose in life, sole joy in life, is sending out these Mogwai with these vague instructions and just sitting back and watching the town burn. Yeah. <laughs> then you made my point. This absolutely belongs on this on this episode's list. He was he was the villain. He was the well, villain of the story it, the whole time. If I go into okay, first of all, if I'm looking for a, a gift for my kid, I'm not gonna go to some little hole in the wall shop that sells trinkets and things like that. I'm gonna go to Best Buy, you know, or something like that. <laughs> number two, if the if the shop owner gives me a creature that I have never seen on any anything on the Discovery Channel or National Geographic. I've never seen this before. I'm not going to walk home and just say, here you go. <laughs> Don't feed him after midnight. <laughs> but uh, have, uh, have either well, one of you guys watched Gremlins in the last few years or so? Recently enough to remember? Uh, nope. So no, it's It's been at least 20 years since I saw the movie. I watched it. Maybe two years ago, it was on at Christmas time because it, 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 Gremlins is kind of like Die Hard. People want to argue that it's a Christmas movie, <laughs> you know, but uh, so they show it at totally Christmas. Christmas yeah, oh, it takes place at Absolutely Christmas, obviously. But um, so the whole it's not a gift, um, <laughs> the gift what, of the Mogwai, wasn't that a what's the what's the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> high five of the, a thousand uh, angels right now. <laughs> John just won the show, right? <laughs> what was the girl? What's the girl's name that uh, the one that from Fast Times at Ridgemont High that was in Gremlins? Phoebe you know? Cates. Cates? Uh, yeah. So she makes this whole speech about how her dad died. Do you remember this? Yeah, he died. Got stuck in a chair yeah, trying to play Santa Claus. Because I, yeah. I had forgotten that about dark. that. And then that I, was crazy dark. Yeah. Well, Gremlins is a lot darker than I remember it because I I I, <laughs> I remember watching it when I was a kid. You know. But I don't remember it being scary. I watched it with my daughter, and you know she's sixteen now. Gracie, how old were you when I made when, when I made you watch Gremlins? <laughs> no, you were not seven. I wasn't that young. How fresh is that emotional she, scar? She was like, yeah. I think she was like twelve. It was like yesterday, Daddy. Yeah. So I watched it with her. She was around twelve, and about halfway through it, I was like, I don't know if this was the best decision. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a lot more violent and a lot darker than I remember it. But yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff skated through it at PG that really wouldn't be PG today. Yeah, well, well, that's why PG thirteen was invented was because of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so she tells this whole story about how her dad dressed up like Santa Claus and was going to come down the chimney and got stuck and died in there, and they didn't know it for a week or so. They thought that he had ran off. And and left them and they and and then they they smelled him, <laughs> yeah. And that's how they found him. So I was like, wow. Uh. <laughs> I think again, I have the advantage of I was you know a, a a teenager, almost an adult when the movie came out. So I remember watching it in the theater and going, damn. <laughs> yeah, and when they came this out, this is with, not the cute little little kids show we were expecting. Yeah, when they came out with Gremlins too, they 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 kind of toned a lot of that down because they realized that more kids were in were into it than because they were selling Gizmo toys at Toys R Us. Well, yeah, Gizmo was adorable, <laughs> but cute. then you know when you've got one. It, one woman is killed with hypodermic needles, and another one. That then the you know you got the one the the gremlin that blows up in the microwave. I mean, it's been years since I've seen this movie, and I still remember all this horrible <laughs> graphic stuff. Yeah, so the the eighties were so crazy that they you, you buy toys in the toy store based on 
movies that the kids shouldn't be watching. <laughs> you know, you could buy. Oh, there was a whole line of alien toys. Yeah, RoboCop. They had RoboCop <laughs> action figures and all that kind of stuff. And and these are R-rated wow. movies. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Alien, I've got that on the list because oh yeah yeah the Xenomorphs were not evil. They were just kind of. And I'm just talking about in the first movie. I mean, obviously. When sequels come out, they change things and 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 stuff like that. But they were kind of they were animals that were following their instincts and they were trying to protect themselves. They were reproducing because that's what they're designed to do. And they were predators, you know. So they were hunting prey. That's what they're designed to do as well. And the humans kind of got in the middle of that. So if you think about it, if I went to Alaska and I decided I'm going to go camping in the wilderness, and while I was out there. I say, I'm going to go explore that cave that I just found. And I go in that cave, and it's got, say, three giant grizzly bears in it. And then they decided to eat me. <laughs> no one would say the the evil grizzly bears killed that man, murdered that man or whatever. They would say, hey, that dummy went in the cave. He shouldn't have been in there. <laughs> right. We we actually encounter this scenario a lot down here in Florida. Because alligators. Several times yeah. a year, some idiot. Now, granted, it's not always. It's all right. Let me let me per, let me rephrase this. Probably better. Yeah. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, if an adult gets attacked by an alligator, they were doing something they shouldn't. Have. Right. Yeah. Okay. There are there are tragedies where where children and pets get taken by gators, uh, but most of the time, when an adult is hurt or killed by a gator it's because they went to where the gator was mm-hmm. or they messed with it or they thought oh i've seen animal planet i can do you know x y or z um and then inevitably the gator is killed just because it gatored right yeah <laughs> um yeah they put the they they always put the animal down and uh you know and it's and it's not the animal's fault that you that you did that yeah. or, or whatever, but yeah, but yeah, the xenomorphs in, in in the original movie were just doing what they what their instincts told them to do, and these humans showed up in their territory, you know, so they kind of fell into it. It wasn't their fault, but you know, it makes a it makes a good horror movie to make it seem like it's a slasher, and this thing is just after them, but right. Uh, yep. Rick, what was the other one? I don't disagree with Did that. you say you had another one? Uh, the other one? Yeah, I have one more. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was, I had that on my list. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Principal, oh, and I can't remember his name now. Mr. Rooney. Mr. Rooney. Yeah. He was at, I mean, granted, eventually he went too far. Breaking and entering. Yeah. Trying to get into the house <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, Ferris Bueller's a punk. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a teacher. Yeah. And when you know when I was a kid, I loved Ferris Bueller. Or I, I was never a kid when that movie came out. But anyway, when I was younger, I loved Ferris Bueller. Now that I'm a teacher and I watch that movie, I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rooney was not in the wrong. I mean, he was made to be cartoonish. It, you know what? It's it's a lot like. Um, I didn't realize this until I had a kid, and she started watching cartoons. They always cartoons always paint the cat as the bad guy and the mouse as the good guy. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's completely flipped. You know, if you've got mice in your house, you want your cat to eat that darn mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was 
I, th- I thought you were going to say that, you know, really, Jerry provokes Tom way more than Tom chases Jerry. Like, a lot of times, he just kind of won't care until Jerry starts messing with him because, for whatever reason, he realizes he has the advantage. You know who are the two biggest dicks in the, in the cartoon <laughs> world? Are Tweety Bird and the Roadrunner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I disagree about the Roadrunner. I mean, the Roadrunner is certainly justified, but it he takes a lot of joy sometimes in the horrible things he does to the coyote. Right. That's well, fair. yeah. But the but not but the the coyote pretty much does it to himself. Yeah, that's what I was like, about to say. The, the, the Roadrunner doesn't the road actually runner, do anything to him. The Roadrunner yeah. just if the coyote ruins. would just walk away, then he'd be fine. Yeah. But he just he, he can't. But yeah, Tweety is a major butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Ferris Bueller is Ferris Bueller is the bad guy of that movie, and uh, I mean, I love the movie. I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, there are some really dark theories about that film, yeah. uh, which I can't get out of my head. Thank you, Jason Hawk. <laughs> we, should, we should probably say it since in the context of the show. The, we should probably go with it. The 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 uh, the the idea that. Ferris doesn't even exist, and the whole movie is just Cameron's att- Cameron's attempt to escape the horrible abuse of his parents. Yeah, and I go with that, except that Cameron's not even in the 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 at the very end of the movie. Cameron's not there. You know, Ferris kind of leaves Cameron sitting at home to kind of face his dad or whatever, and then goes home. So Cameron's not even in the final couple scenes of the movie well it's all part of his delusion though yeah Yeah. because because he realized he's wrecked his dad's car and this is his whole justification as to how the car got wrecked and so at the end he he leaves you know quote-unquote leaves the situation you know to go into this fantasy world where the cool kid gets to do other stuff so he's sitting there but you know his mind is at ferris's house with his loving doting parents yeah, they they talked at one time about making a sequel to Ferris Bueller about Ferris when he's like forty or fifty, and uh, I don't think that would work. Because what what is he gonna pretend like he's sick and trick his wife into him staying home from work or something like that? But uh, he he has become the sausage king. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Rooney was he was the dean of students, so it was his job to be suspicious of a student that had skipped school and was impersonating another student's father in order to get her out of school. <laughs> and he, he should very much have gotten involved in that situation, but he shouldn't have uh, tried to break into the house. He should have uh, yeah. gotten in touch with their parents, which he did. He thought he did get in touch with their parents and it was really uh, Cameron uh, calling him an, calling him an, an aardvark. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the uh, the TV the TV cut of Ferris Bueller where they, you know, in the in the eighties and nineties they would cut out uh, curse words and they were instead of just beeping them or making a blank space right there they would replace them with other words. And there's a, there's the scene where Cameron's on the on the phone with uh, with the with Rooney and he says, "You sir are an aardvark." <laughs> it's kind of you know uh bruce willis in die hard 2 said uh yippee ki mr falcon (laughs) so but yeah i mean ferris is the bad guy because he committed fraud he stole a car 
he exploited the car. He exploited his friend. Actually, technically, the other guy wrecked the car. Yeah, but he exploited his friend in order to get what he wanted. So he was a sociopath. <laughs> so, and it was all based on him lying to his parents. I mean, I mean, not that I'm like you shouldn't lie to your parents, kids, and you shouldn't. But I mean. You know, Don't he, lie to he, your parents. His, <laughs> you know, he's, he's what is it, like the tenth time he's called in sick? He's played sick? Yeah, it is and, an old you know, time. His parents, are like, his parents are like, oh, come on. You know, they're just, they're being completely snowed by, as you say, the sociopath who just doesn't want to go to school today. Like, <laughs> you know, they feel terrible. And and it, and he's like, you know, I almost feel bad, kind of tricking him, but oh well, whatever. It's a pity day. Yeah. <laughs> no. And Sorry. and Mia Sarah in her underwear, so you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once again, this is one of those things where um, we're too old to sit. To... <laughs> hey, we're she's my age, dude. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> but in that movie, and then too, we were the same age. Then what I'm too. saying is, in that movie, she's what is it? What was the line? They still stay the same. <laughs> that was yeah. That was Daisy confused. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was the there. There, there's a scene in Spider-Man: Homecoming that I didn't like, and it was a scene that was uh, kind of taking inspiration from the scene in Ferris Bueller, where he's running through the yards and he's uh, and he's getting caught in the clothesline yeah. and jumping over the fences and stuff like that, which is fine. They did that in Spider-Man: Homecoming, but then they showed someone watching Ferris Bueller on the television. I'm like, well, way to dumb it down. <laughs> Two on the nose. Yeah. Well, you know I what? That was, I thought that was brilliantly mad on myself. <laughs> I thought it was fine because the kids who are watching this movie may well have not seen Ferris Well, Bueller. I don't think that they're going to... They wouldn't have gotten it instantly. They probably wouldn't have known that that's what was on TV and that that's what they were doing. You know, I, I just... Or, or they, w- they wouldn't have made the connection because yeah. they saw it once when they were six or whatever. I just thought that if they had done yeah. that and left the... And left the the TV, the TV out of it, then it would have been something for me <laughs> that the kids don't, don't get. And I'm like, oh, yeah, look, yeah, Ferris Bueller. And then they show Ferris Bueller on the TV well, and they're like, hey, know. see what we're doing? See what we're doing? We're doing Ferris Bueller. Get it? <laughs> you're, you're the one who said you like the young millennial Spider-Man. This is what you get. <laughs> well, that's... Um, that's kind of like the, the end of Deadpool where they do the Ferris Bueller ending... I, yeah. they, I think they had kind of yeah. planned on doing that in Spider-Man Homecoming, but since Deadpool did it first, they <laughs> they couldn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked the same in yeah in Spider-Man. The 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 genius of of Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that the older you get, <clears throat> excuse me, the there's like different levels to the movie that you can appreciate. Yeah. Because yeah. I think you you know you're you're pre- if you watch it when you're a kid you you identify with Ferris and or the sister later if you have a younger or, or, brother yeah. you you definitely identify with the sister because mm-hmm. she was totally right too yeah oh yeah and I, and I love it when she kicks Rooney in the face like five times and then screams yeah. and runs away <laughs> uh, do you guys remember uh, the sick the sitcom yeah that came after the movie Are the you Ferris Bueller about- sitcom. Uh, no, there was a sitcom lose? of Ferris Bueller. There was actually a Ferris yeah. Bueller. I think it. I think it. Oh. Parker Parker Lewis can't lose. Was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it it was. absolutely yes. was. But um, they. 
I can't remember who the kid was that played Ferris Bueller. Jennifer Aniston played his sister. And um and it lasted maybe six episodes or something like that. And in the yeah. in the first episode, Ferris Bueller is in his bedroom and there's a cutout of Matthew Broderick dressed as Ferris Bueller and they're basically he's basically saying, Yeah, they made this movie about me and uh and he takes a chainsaw and cuts it in half and says, That's not what this movie this show is or something like that, you know. And uh and of course Ferris Bueller wow. fans were like, What? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I was yeah, watching. Yeah, I want it to be that. But yeah, it did. It didn't work. But yeah, if, if you're a fan of Ferris Bueller and you've never heard of Parker Lewis can't lose, which isn't surprising because it was kind of that was that was on. Um, it was on Fox. No, it was, was Fox. It FX? No, Fo- no yeah. it was Fox. Was it? No, there, there was, was no, no FX. FX then, then. Yeah. It was Fox. Oh, that's right. It, it was Fox, but it was like at the very yeah. beginning of Fox when yeah, it was just this was, obscure little startup. Yeah, it was. And, uh, it was. Did they get two seasons? They got like four, I think. Or yeah, it was on. Yeah. It was on they for did. a while. Yeah, they okay. Did. Um, it was Parker Lewis can't and it, lose, and then like married with children after that, <laughs> and then well, and then your local news. Then in, uh, in Living Color, it came out right before in Living Color. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I remember they actually made a reference to it one time. He's like, because uh, he was there was this girl, and they had been floating the whole episode, and at the very end, she's like, okay, so are you going to stand there looking at me? Or are you going to kiss? Are you going to are you going to kiss me? Or are you going to wait till Living Color comes on? <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's a show that was, I, I again I don't know the details of it, but it seemed to me that they tried to get the rights to Ferris Bueller to make a TV series and couldn't, so they made one as close as they could get to it without being actionable. Yes. Yeah, and they they make a reference <laughs> to that too because at one point Miss Musso, who was the the uh, who's played by person. Melanie Chardoff, yes, who was who was hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, she gets angry at uh, Parker and calls him Ferris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, oh, who's the guy with the trench coat? The bully? No, no, the friend. The, oh. the nerd who had, who had all the stuff in his trench coat. Anyway, look, he's, he's like, watch Miss Musso. I mean, Parker. It was great. <laughs> it's a very, very smart show. I'm gonna look. Yeah, it was I'll, a fun show. I'm gonna look this up and see who was in it. Uh, Wikipedia don't. Just, fail anytime me I now. hear the last name Kubiak, I just think of Kub. Yes, <laughs> and and also the the world's introduction to a Nimic. Yeah, Parker Lewis can't. Who lose. went on to replace Michael Shanks in Stargate SG One for a few seasons? Yep, and I will. And I just couldn't see him as anything but Parker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so Parker was played by Nimic and. Uh, Mikey was played by Billy Jane. Uh, I'm trying to see who who played the, the because the bully went on the guy that played the bully went on and, and I mean he's still he's, around yeah. doing stuff. He was yeah you see him in stuff all the he time. He was on ER for a while. I can't remember what the bully's name was now though. Kubiak. It was Kubiak. Oh, is Kubiak? Okay, well yeah. let me yeah. find. I was Kubiak. trying to remember the name of Jerry. Oh, here it is. Jerry. His name is Abraham Ben Ruby. Yes, Abraham Ben Ruby. Yeah, he's six feet seven inches tall. And he still looks kind of young. Yeah, he's like in his 50s now, but he still shows up in stuff a lot. His favorite line was, yeah, eat was- now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, eat now? Yeah, eat eat now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Rick, thanks for being here tonight. My pleasure. And where can people uh, find you? 
Oh, just go to simplysyndicated.com. I'm all over the place there. Alrighty. And John? <laughs> Thanks for being here. here. <laughs> you can find me here. That's pretty much it. Um, remember that you can find the show on our website at cosmicpotato.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. And you should subscribe at one of those places so you can get a notification whenever a new episode goes live. And make sure that you leave us a review and a rating so that we can help new people find the podcast. Do you want to get in touch with us? Do you have ideas for some topics that we can cover? Did you disagree with something that we said tonight? Let us know by going to our website and clicking on the contact tab at the top of the page. And that will give you links to our Facebook and Twitter pages as well as our email, which is mail at CosmicPotato.com. And thanks for listening. Be sure to join us right here next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, All right, I'm going to try something here. I was going to call it 30 Second Theater, but I don't think I can do it in 30 seconds. I'm going to try, I'm going to, try to do this, this classic scene. I think I can do it in a minute. So I'm going to start the clock. Take a deep breath. Here we go. All right, where's the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide. We both drink. We find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from you what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because you know that only a great fool would reach for what he's given. But I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose wine in front of you. But you must know that I would not choose wine in front of me. You made a decision then? Not remotely, because I can... Wait. Yeah, because Ireland comes from Australia, as everyone knows, and Australia is entirely people with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them, as you and I trusted by me, so I'm clearly not choosing in front of you. Truly, I'm designated. Where did I get going? Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I've known the part of the origin, so clearly I did not choose wine in front of me. You're the star now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong, so you can put the poison in your own garbage, telling your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose wine in front of you. But you've also bested my spirit, which means you must have studied and are studying. You must have learned that a man is mortal and will put the poison as far away from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me now. Give it away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything your way. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. And I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Wait, I don't see anything. Oh, well, cut a smart or something. No matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> First, let's drink. Leave my glass and you from yours. You get strong. Ha 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 ha. You only think I get strong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic bottoms. One of those spaniels has never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well known as this. Never going against the Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> yeah. uh, if if Wallace Shawn was replaced by the Micro Machines guy, <laughs> pointless. <laughs> <laughs>